0: Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's good. Amen. <laughs> be in Mark chapter 6, verses 35 through 44. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place. Now the time is far spent. It's almost night. Send them away, that they may go into the country, round about, and into the villages, and buy themselves bread. For they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said unto them, Give you them to eat. And say unto them, Shall we go and buy two hundred pennyworth of bread, and give them to eat? And he saith unto them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. And when they, when they knew, they say five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make, make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did, they did all eat. And were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fishes, and and they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your presence. And God, we are thankful to be in your house this morning. And God, as you have already opened the heavens and poured down upon this congregation god i pray lord that you would continue to pour down lord that we would be led by your spirit father that i would be led by your voice and god i just ask lord that you would just go with us now be with us the remainder of this service anoint my lips god to speak only what you would have me to speak in jesus name i pray amen And so we come into our scripture here this morning, and and here we see that that John the Baptist he had just been killed; he had been beheaded, and Jesus and the disciples they're um, they're coming um, they come off and they go into a desert place. So they're probably already tired. Um, this is the only miracle that is that is recorded in all four of the gospels. And, and so we see here that, that Jesus, how that he liked organization. I know a lot of people, they like organization, yeah, and how that he put them in companies um, on the grass. And we can see how that he did that um, in verse 40. It says, and they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. Um, and immediately, I start thinking about how that they passed bread around I started thinking about all those people that um that are very germ conscious (laughs) um when we were in Jamaica we um, went to church and we had um service with the Jamaicans and they passed out loaves and you just tore it off and so I was watching Christy because I know how she is and I seen her like get to the end where nobody else had touched and I just laughed um because we were doing communion with them, but, you know, and I was just thinking about how that passing bread, how that some people are, but, so here we see that, here they are, and the day's getting long, and we see that the disciples, they come to Jesus, and they're like, hey, it's getting late, it's getting evening, just like, some people right now might be like, Lee, it's nine minutes till twelve, you know, it's getting late, my stomach is getting hungry, and, a lot of times people start thinking, well, you need to wind it up. But, um, and so I think about the disciples, how that they were like, you know, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> and how that they probably were saying, I'm the one getting hungry. But they were saying, oh, yeah, all these people are getting hungry. And so thinking about that, first point I want to make is that God confidence trumps my fears. God's con- God confidence trumps my fears. And Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. The crowd had followed Jesus. They followed, some even went ahead of him. Um, and so it was getting late. But what it really was is that the disciples, they were in fear that there wasn't, that they weren't going to get to eat. Here they are, they're with Jesus. And yet they don't think that he can handle the problem. Because they're saying, hey, we need, to, we need to go on. We need to send them on. We need to send them out so that they can get something to eat. Not knowing that Jesus is the provider. That he provides all things. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God my provider. How many times has he provided for each of us every day? Just out of somewhere where we weren't expecting it? Did he not? Yeah, he did. And you know, and I was thinking about that. You know, some people don't understand people's praise. You're not going to understand people's praise because you don't know where they've been. And you don't know what God brought them from. You don't know what He's done for their family. It's easy. It's real easy sometimes to sit back in that kind of attitude like, look, watch them. Who do they think they are? Well, I'll tell you what they're thinking. They're thinking, God has done a great work for me. He's done a great work in my child. He's done a great work in my children, in my family. He delivered us from hell. He brought us up. That's what I'm thinking when I see that. And so, Amen. But they were so fearful. And they were so afraid, but here they are, they're with Jesus. And yet, they're fearful. And they're afraid. They're like, hey, this is going to look bad on us all. This is going to come down on us all. But let me tell you, you don't ever have to try to cover for God. Don't you ever lie and say that this happened or this happened. Let me tell you, He don't need you to do any of that. He can do it all by Himself. And so... So we see how many times do we look at our loved ones and we think, will they ever be saved? Or that we looked at, at a physical need and think, can God do that? Can God heal that? How many times have we been to our wits end with our children? How many times have we just come up against something and we're like, I don't understand how that God's going to do this. And so the enemy, he tries to control us by fear. And that's what and he tries to manipulate us, and he's like, "No, don't do this. You know why some people don't praise because they're fearful of what the person next to them is going to think, or what somebody else is going to think. Let me tell you, when you stand before the Lord, it's just between you and the Lord. It ain't between that person that's next to you. Don't ever worry about what other people think. <laughs> so do you have fears? Yes, we all have fears. The problem is, is that the disciples, what they were saying, what they were looking at, they weren't coming to Jesus in faith, they were coming to Jesus in fear. How many times do we do that? We come to him in fear instead of coming to him in faith. Saying, God, I know you can provide food for 5,000 people. And so, you may say, I've never said that. But I guarantee you, you've acted like that. Instead of saying, instead of being fearful, we are to say, God, your word says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. How many do we really believe that nothing shall be impossible to those that believe? Matthew 19, 26, 26 says, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I'm telling you, we ought not let the enemy control us by fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Fear does nothing but binds us and holds us back. Second point is, crumbs are a buffet when from the master's hand. Crumbs are a buffet when they come from the master's hand. (laughs) He is more than enough for anything that you ever need. What you're needing, He can supply. That above and beyond what you can think. The disciples, as they're here, they're telling them, they're telling, Hey, we need over $10,000 to feed everybody. And that won't, even, that won't even make them full. You know what it's like to be full when you take home the leftover box? You're walking out with it? That's being full and having leftovers. And that's what God does. What about... <clears throat> You are you facing a problem, a situation, something that seems impossible? But I like, I think when we get in those situations, that's when we're in miracle territory, when things look impossible. Matthew 15 21 says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon and behold a woman of Canaan came out of the, of the same coast and cried unto him saying have mercy on me O Lord thou son of David my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil so let me just put this to you she's following behind Jesus and the disciples and she's saying son of David my daughter's vexed with the devil that's what she's doing and she is crying out she is screaming and they're like send her away Get her away. And Jesus ignores her. How many times are we coming in here and are we persistent in seeking God? Are we persistent in seeking Him? Are we? Because she was making known. She made her petition known. Are you making your petition known before God? Are you making it known? Because that's what she did. She says, my daughter is vexed with the devil. Are we making our petitions known? We want God to do something, but are we making it known? She cried out, have mercy on me. She came to Jesus because she had faith and hope. In Mark seven twenty-five, it, the same story is recorded and it talks how she had heard about Jesus and so she needed something that the doctors couldn't do she needed something that nobody else could do it was for her child it was for her child ought we not to have that kind of persistence that kind of love for our not only our children not only for our family but for all those that are lost and dying going to hell Isn't that our commission as a church? Yes, it is. But Jesus had the answer, what she needed. Just like us, Jesus has the answer for your need, for what you need. She was persistent. Every turn she was met with resistance, but she persisted. She had to overcome her race. She had to overcome here that she's a Gentile woman and she's talking to a Jew. But yet, she keeps on. And then, and then Jesus tells her. You know, he's like, hey. He, basically, what he's saying is, I come for the Jewish people. I didn't come for you. And then he says, why would I give bread to the dogs? And then she says... But the crumbs from the master's table feed the dogs. I'm telling you, you and I are nothing but a dog. But all it takes is some crumbs from the master's table to to fill us, to supply us. The obstacles that she was given, it just grew her faith. It grew her faith. Old woman, not old woman, he said old woman in 28. O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. How easy would it have been for her just to say, Hey, I don't need this. I don't need to be treated like this. I don't need to be ignored. I don't need, I don't need like this. But she didn't. She, kept, she was persistent. She was persistent and she was seeking. And it was more than enough. Bible says in Jeremiah twenty nine, thirteen 13 13 and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart if we will draw nigh to God he will draw nine to us if we will seek him we will find him how many of y'all I don't know why the Lord is sending me down this path just for a second but are sheep driven or are sheep led They are led. How are they led? By the shepherd's voice. If we are children of God, we should be led by the voice of the Savior. If you aren't hearing from God, then you aren't one of His. He speaks all the time. And if you can't say that you've heard from God, then you ain't His. I don't know who that's for, but there it is. So... 1 John 4 and 4, Because greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. Uh, greater is he within us than he that's in the world. He's more than enough. Look at that. It says five loaves and two fishes. What does the number seven mean? It's complete. It's completeness. And I was just thinking about this. Any, in an equation... Which I'm not crazy about equations. I mean, when you start getting the alphabet involved with mathematics, that's like, you know, shouldn't do it. But whenever in equations, whenever you change any variable, you change the outcome. When you put Jesus in any equation, you change the outcome. It becomes greater than. So no matter what the situation is, when you put Christ in there, you will come out better. And then third, we spread it out, what God's done for us. He doesn't just bless us with more than enough. You look at as they were, as the disciples, as they were passing out um, bread, as Jesus, as he blessed it, and then he passed it out, the bread just kept on coming. The bread of life just kept giving bread. (laughs) And he kept giving it and kept giving it. And as he passed it around... They had more than enough. And then he didn't waste any because he took it up. And it said that they had 12 baskets full. And so, what did they do with it? They probably took it home and ate it. And Luke six thirty-eight says, Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, that you use with it with it shall be measured to you again so what you get you you give god's given to you not so that you'll just store it up but he's given to you so he can give through you that's why he gives to you so that you can help somebody else and so but in um in 2nd kings chapter 5 there's a story about Naaman Naaman the leper and uh, he was um he was a general in the Syrian army and what it was was that Naaman he was he was he had leprosy and so at one point there was a Jewish girl that had been taken captivity into Naaman's house and the maid of Naaman said oh that if he could just get to the prophet over in Israel he could heal him well the king of Syria sends a letter to Jehoram, which is the king of Israel at that time, and sends it to him. Well, Jehoram he rents his clothes and um, he's like he's just wanting to start a quarrel with me. He's just wanting to start a war with me. And well, then um, and then we see that Elisha as he finds out about it that he um, he tells the king. He says, "Send." Naaman to me send him him over that he may know that there's a prophet in Israel and so sure enough he does when Naaman he shows up with chariots and all these things I mean he just shows up with a big entourage um, a parade as you might say he shows up comes up to Elisha's front door and Gehazi is there and Elisha sends Gehazi out like Elisha doesn't even go out there to see him and and this just infuriates Naaman. Like, I mean, you read the story. He's like, I thought for sure he'd at least come out and and do some grand gesture and all these things. But all that um, Elisha told Gehazi to tell him said, tell him to go down to the Jordan and dip seven times. So Naaman, he, you know, he thought it was going to be something hard, something really spectacular that he should do and then the servants of naaman they're like if he had told you something hard to do you would done it but all because he's told you to go and wash and you'll be clean then you don't want to so naaman goes and he does that and and then he has new skin the bible says that it was new skin as like like a child like a baby boy and um So, he comes back, and he tries to pay Elisha, but Elisha won't take his money. Now, Gehazi will, Um, (laughs) but that's not where I'm going. But but Elisha's like, no. And so what Naaman does, though, in verses um, 16 and 17 in 2 Kings, can you get that up there? And Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given unto thy servant two mules burdened, of earth for thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offerings nor sacrifice unto other gods but unto the Lord in this thing the Lord pardon my servant that, that when my master goeth into the house of Remnon to worship there and he leaneth on my hand and I bow myself in the house of Remnon when I bow down myself in the house of Remnon the Lord pardon thy servant in this thing now if you, you can miss it go back up to 17 and Naaman said shall there not then I pray thee be given to thy servant two mules burden of earth so here he comes over into Israel and he gets healed now he's going to take two mules two pack mules and he's taking the earth with him he's taking dirt with him from Israel he's taking it back over there and what he's saying is how many of y'all know that what God tell Moses? Moses, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. What did the angel or the captain of the host tell Joshua? Take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. What Naaman's doing, he's taking a piece of holy ground back to where God healed him. And he's taking it back over there. And what he's saying, although I'm going to be in the temple of Remnon because of my king, don't hold it against me because I'm going to let him bow down and he's going to use my... My hand in there, the temple, but he's saying, I'm not going to serve the gods of Remnon. I'm going to serve the God of Israel. And so he took it back with him. When we come to church, we ought to take it back with us. And in second Samuel, in second Samuel, we see that in chapter six, David, as he's bringing the ark back. remember it was that Obed-Edom and how that God had blessed Obed-Edom y'all know the story yeah so Obed-Edom and so David David just like a true any of us he's like hey if the Lord's blessing him because it's in his house I want that in my house and so David he goes and he gets it and he comes back and he's dancing before the Lord and his wife Micah she's up there Saul's daughter and David and she she is she is judging David is what she's doing because she's saying look at you you're the king of Israel and here you are you're down to your linens and you're dancing before the maid servants and all this and then David he's like I wasn't dancing for them I'm dancing for the Lord and And he tells her, I'll become even more vile than this for God. I'll become even more undignified than this. And so, but whenever you look at that um, in verse 19, can you put verse 19 up? So verse 19, And he dealt among, this is David, he's brought the Ark of the Covenant back, they're having a celebration, and he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and flag and wine. So all the people departed, everyone to the house. Here they are, they they always brought things to the temple for sacrifice, but listen, David is sending them back with something. He's saying, In 19, he's saying, everyone, a cake of bread, a piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine. And he's sending it home with them. So they come, and they get sent home with something. That's just like us. The bread, the word, that we ought to take back to our houses and to our homes. Right? The flesh, which is Jesus we ought to take him back to our homes the wine which is the holy spirit which is the joy of the lord we ought to be taking that back to our home i'm telling you a lot of times the reason we're not winning our families is because we're sour we're sour on in our christianity we've lost our joy because the joy of the lord is our salvation we ought to be a happy people we ought to be rejoicing we ought to be enthusiastic about the lord should not we not Should we not, should our children that live in our homes, should our family that's around us, should they not be like, man, I want what you got. Because I see all these things that's happening, but you have the joy of the Lord. And you're nice to me. And you love on me. Even when I mess up, even when I fall. You know what America needs? We need churches that love people regardless where they're at and call them up. That's what we need. Will y'all come on and us a song? We're going to stand and have an invitation. Are we taking Jesus back in our home? Are we spreading out what God's given to us? Are we honoring Him, man? I, you know. I told the Lord, I was like, God, I want to hear your voice all the time, like all the time. And, um, and, and, and let me just tell you something. With the children of Israel, Moses brought them out of Egypt, right? He led them out. And I think for far too long... Christians have just been okay with coming out like yeah you brought me out I've got my fire insurance everything's good but Joshua took them to possess the land in victory that's how we're to walk as Christians Moses let them out, Joshua took them to it and they conquered that's how we ought to live our lives as Christians We ought to be living in victory. We ought to be walking in victory. We ought to be speaking that in our families, over our homes and stuff, and not being brought down by sin. Because that's what we allow. We allow the devil to bring us down by sin. But whenever we're walking close to the Lord, we have victory over the enemy, victory over those hang-ups, victory over those things that pull us down. Whenever we just keep walking with him and close to him, that grumbling and complaining, you can't do it when you're walking close to Jesus because he he shuts that mouth instantly. You can't go into places you shouldn't go when you're carrying your cross. Your cross ain't going to fit through the door if you got it on.